Hello, this is Christy Ruiz with Cosmic Portal. Are you ready to take the next step? Okay, so join, join. Okay, join. No, leave computer audio. One, one, one more thing. Just oh. I don't want. <laughs> Hello, here we are with Christy Ruiz and Paula Harris. And we're going to talk about the secret life of Paula Harris. She has so much to tell us. And I've got some good questions for her. Our audience is so mixed. We have all kinds of people that look at our information and... They never seem to ask you the right questions. Paula, what's up with that? It's like nobody knows who you are, what you do, and you're marvelous at what you do. No, it's not that nobody knows. I was just uh, sharing a story today uh, with another researcher, an international researcher. And this is a crazy story, but I need to share it with you. I was speaking in Torino in Italy uh, on UFOs on my work. And I'm like a journalist like Barbara Walters. So I, I'm not a ufologist. I'm an investigative journalist. And she's interviewed everybody that's important in the world. And I, while I was in Turin in Italy, I got a call from a, a, a parliamentarian of the uh, economic community of the EU. Uh, people know that the countries of Europe have joined together in the United States of kind of the United States, the, the states of Europe, the United countries called the, Econo the uh, European Union. Union the right. EU. And I got this call from this uh, parliamentarian named Mar Mario Borghesio and he said, uh, I'm coming over to see you. And I thought, me, I'm nobody. You know, why would he come over and see me? And he came over uh, this part, very, very distinguished diplomat with a big limousine, a big uh, black car that had three bodyguards. The bodyguards opened the car door. He walked out, he came into the hotel, he had coffee with me and he said, this is seven years ago, uh, I wanna open this up in the European community. It's like saying, I, I wanna talk to the United Nations or I wanna talk to the United States parliament. Um, or the United States Congress. Uh, and he said, I want you to tell me cases I could use and situations that would make people not laugh at me. Mm. So I mentioned the missile shutdown at Maelstrom. I mentioned pilots, um, you know, uh, over the skies, especially Jean-Jacques Dubac over the skies of Paris with Air France that had 300 passengers who all saw the UFO, he reported it. So what I, and so Borghesio said to me, give me everything you've got because I will go before the parliament and, and tell them that we need to study this. Now, when he was talking to me, I realized what he wanted to do was tell the parliament in Europe that it was a threat Mm -hmm. That it was a threat and we need to look at it it's because the evil aliens coming in to shoot us and all this. So I had a hard time with that even, but it, he, he said, it doesn't matter how I say it. He said, uh, basically they will stop laughing. Mm -hmm. So what we have in the United States that I see more than anything is that it's entertainment. It's and I'm not entertainment. 
still in the woo. It's yeah. like, oh, that's stuff we don't believe in. That's stuff that doesn't exist. It's getting better, Paula, but we're still far from it. Yeah, so I realized that they don't know me because I'm a respected journalist that doesn't do entertainment. Right. And most of my stories are like Colonel Philip Corso of the Pentagon that that Paul Hellyer, uh, the former defense minister, when he came out in 2005 said UFOs are as real as our airplanes. I flew over to Canada and did three interviews with him on my own dime. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that when I go to these people, mostly military people or intelligence people, I'm not in the UFO mainframe, Christy. No, I'm not in there saying, well, a reptilian sat on my couch yesterday. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing the background work of the people that are brave enough to come out with the stories. I'm doing really serious research and that's not entertainment, Christy. No, it isn't. So, it's not entertainment. It isn't. So since I'm not entertainment, the only people that are ever going to take me seriously is Paul Hallier, the former defense minister, is a Mario Borghesio, is a Colonel Philip Corso, is an Edgar Mitchell, is these top level people that I've interviewed. So, you know, I'm not in the mainstream. I don't, uh, and I don't do conspiracy theory. I don't do like, um, uh, you know, the latest, uh, you know, Somebody stuff that's coming UFO, out. You know, uh, has no yeah, it, it has no basis, you know. Right. Uh, the, I, can, I can state, because I'll do it for you, there is a new world order. There, oh, is, there are people manipulating the planet. Oh, there, yes. But, and, and there is conspiracy. However, it's the eternal battle of good against evil. Good and evil, that's and, right. Yeah, and, and it's the eternal battle. And it's so confusing that you don't know which is the good and which is the evil anymore because they're so mixed up. So, they hide with lies. And then the ones that do tell the truth, nobody believes it because it is the truth. They think it's a lie. It, it, they, it is the truth, but uh, it's, uh, it's not presented to the people that can do anything about it. It's more presented, and this is just me, so know that this is coming from me. It's not coming from Christy. It's not coming from anybody else. But the people that are doing work are doing work behind the scenes. They're not on YouTube no. trying to preach because the YouTube stuff is almost like religion, it's gathering followers. But the real warriors, the real Jedi Knights, the, the Knights, the ones that are really working, they're behind the scenes. Yeah, and it's always been like that. There's always people behind the scenes doing the hardcore work, like you do with the research. Yeah, but that means I'm not a movie star, I'm not on Ancient Aliens, I don't come exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people don't know who you are which is the reason of me doing this youtube with you is to let them know who you are and where you come from and what you've been doing so this is the secret life of paula harris so we're gonna let's <laughs> go back to the beginning let's go back to the beginning now um, you, you were born in rome is that correct i was born in italy in 1945 my dad was a cavalry officer under mussolini I mean, oh my goodness and, and we don't have cavalry anymore we used to no, we, no you don't <laughs> uh, yeah i was born at piazza mazzini in rome 
um, my father was a prisoner of war under the Germans. He told me war stories. I spent most of my life listening oh to my, my father's stories. Yeah. And my father, my father was, you know, he was interested in the paranormal. He told me in those days, and this will make you smile. He <laughs> said uh, that they used to go to seances oh. in those days in Rome. Yeah. He said Very popular. He yeah, mm -hmm. he said spiritualism. He the table yeah. raise up, you know. And I, I, I questioned my dad. This is nineteen forty-five. This is in Italy. Uh, yeah. So I said, "You guys, you know, we're into that." And he goes, "Yes, I, I honestly think Mussolini and Hitler are into." In, in oh, Paris. definitely, yeah. they were very into yeah. the mystic uh, orders and all that. Yes. So mm -hmm. I said to my dad, "We used to watch all these shows in Italy, these paranormal shows, and." I said, well, what, do you believe this? And he said to me, uh, well, you know, Paula, when you were a baby, I walked into your room. He said, and the little table that was in your room was moving around. He said, and that's when I stopped going. See, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was really uh, the, the idea that my father was open to it. Um, but I don't think he ever really knew what I did. He knew I was a little bit well-known because in Italy, I'm very well-known. Oh, of course. Uh, and in Spain and Argentina yeah, and, oh, yeah, I know. But just the United States is the one that doesn't really know who you are. <laughs> because I'm not entertainment. I, I don't right. know what I could do, you know. Right. I could do a, a dog and pony show to be entertainment. I'm a very serious researcher you are and i can't report on anything or have an opinion on anything that i myself did not cover because if you ask me about i don't know i didn't do the pascagoula mississippi case i've never interviewed those guys you know calvin parker and, and the other guy so i could never give you uh an assessment of that because i didn't do it i didn't interview right. those guys i didn't go there and, and that's not what researchers do. Researchers go on internet or they'll read a book and they'll do a whole presentation on a book or mm -hmm. something read on internet and, you know, do five or six, that they never spoke to the people. And so- Or I, they get it through another party that somebody said right. that they saw this. Yeah, in other words, I knew somebody that yeah. knew Travis Walton. You know, I knew some. Let me do the Travis Walton story. You know, without Travis, who's still alive, uh, yes, I yes. even went to the phone booth that Travis went to. I, you yeah. know, I was down in Sholo in in Snowflake where Travis was because he invited me to the fortieth um, the fortieth anniversary of his his abduction. And uh -huh. you know, so those people, my own colleagues, know me. Sure, sure. Let's go back a little bit more to the past. So what got you started in doing the research for the UFOs? Well, I was a teacher and uh, you wanted me to talk about that. Uh, yes. I, I actually in 1968, I, I moved to Boulder, Colorado. I didn't know the Condon Committee stuff was going on here <laughs> at the time. And I didn't know John Lay or Alan Hynek. I didn't know those guys. But I had a child, I had Lisa, my daughter, who is now I think 52. And she, in the 68, she, you know, she was born here in Boulder. And uh, then we moved back to New York and I, to uh, a fish guild. My ex-husband was uh, IBMer. And I uh, started student teaching. So uh, not student teaching, substituting there. And mm -hmm. it was a very bad time in the seventies. There were a lot of riots. 
And I really began to love the students and I love the material. And so I, um, I, we, when we came back to Boulder and we came back three years later, I got my degree at the University of Colorado uh, in teaching. I already had a Bachelor of Arts right. in English. Mm -hmm. You know, the English thing did nothing, but it didn't, you know, except for me to appreciate poetry. Uh, but the thing is that I then began to teach and they gave me as a new teacher, even though I was like 32, um, a class that nobody wanted called science fiction. And nobody <laughs> wanted that. I mean, they, they didn't even want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. So you know, what are the chances of that happening? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started to, to look at, you know, Heinlein, Stranger in a Strange Land, H.G. Wells, uh, all the basics, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars came out that year. Oh, and that's right. Close Encounters come out, I think, before Star Wars. I think Close Encounters came out in 79. And I'm reading about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I see Alan Hynek's picture there, and I go, is this, he's an astronomer, is this real? So that led me to another path, because then I said, is this real? And so I'd give the kids the books, uh, in class, I give them the books to read. I gave them, you know, uh, The Time Machine and oh, yes. uh, Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And War of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah, all these books to read, which is literature. It's English oh, literature. Yes. I mean, they're literature books. But then part of me, after seeing Close Encounters, and I realized what happened now, at the very end, there was this scene uh, with the contact that Francois Truffaut made with the beings and you know the being smiles at him and he raises his hand and does mm -hmm. the, the symbols well that represented Jacques Vallée uh, right. that, that Jacques Vallée was the chief protagonist in that film and uh, I have since met Jacques Vallée and and have worked with him somewhat and have realized that that's what I was looking at at the time but this is 1979 we're into it we're in 2020. 20. And so I went to a wedding in Evanston, Illinois. And of course, Valet and Heineck were working together, but my luck would be that I would meet Heineck first. And I would I, I said to my family, I'm going over to the Center for UFO Studies to see if this stuff is real. And I'm gonna open up those cases. I wanna see what's look, what it is. And as I'm walking in, I talked to the secretary about my background and Alan Heineck with his pipe, famous pipe comes over to me and says, I hear you speak Italian. Would you be willing to collaborate with me? And of course I'm going, me? You, wow. know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm nobody. It's, uh, but I had a master's in education. So he, he actually uh, would mail boxes of sightings uh, from, Italy from Italy and ask me and he sent me a typewriter because in those days we had no computers. Right, we didn't have computers, <laughs> no computers then. <laughs> 80 sent me a typewriter and said, start, start translating. Translate those for me. <laughs> and then he would come and visit and I would drive him around. And uh, I got to meet uh, his wife, Mimi. She had me um, uh, as a guest in their home. I even brought my kids. And then I met Paul and I'm very close to Paul. Paul's the second youngest son. That Paul remembers me back in the nineties. and uh, <laughs> He remembers me coming and uh, visiting. I never met Jacques Vallée though. I haven't, uh, three years ago I met Jacques Vallée. So incredible? Uh, yeah, I, so I, I work with Alan and then he had the brain tumor 
I was so sad. So and when sad. He, he would call me and say, I'm getting better, I'm getting better, um, you know, and, and he'd, he'd send me photos of himself, you know, uh, uh, with his arm raised, I'm getting better. <laughs> and then they called me and told me he had died. Uh, and when that happened, Christy, I didn't want to do this anymore. Sure, sure. So then I moved to Italy in 1992. And when I moved to Italy, uh, the head of the Italian researcher group uh, knew I had worked with Heineck and he proceeded to have me invited to conferences, put me on TV and start doing work there. And that it, Europe is different. It's very it's different. It's not entertainment. It's, yeah. you know, the scientists- They take it a lot more serious. Oh know? yeah, scientists. Yeah. The scientists were there. They were going, what's this about? What, you know, mm -hmm. they, yeah. They, they don't wear tinfoil hats or t-shirts and they don't sell <laughs> lobby, you know, so it's different. So I come from that tradition. You'll never see me wear a UFO t-shirt. I will never put any UFO stuff on me. Yeah, because no stickers, it, nothing like that. <laughs> no, no, because it's serious. Sure, yeah, it's very serious. serious. Very serious. And well, people have been traumatized, their whole lives have been traumatized with their experiences and very few places that they can go to express what actually happened to them and that somebody would be willing to listen or not say that they're crazy or they're smoking or drinking something. Uh, you know, that that has been the, the biggest problem with them. And then when they have these leftover effects, it's like, who do they go to? Who do they talk to? Well, exactly, that's what you do. I think you do with your group. Um, I think that's what needs to, I can't do that because I'm doing work like today. But I, you help a lot with the yeah. research because it gives it the credibility that it doesn't have in other venues. You give it credibility and you're honest. You're not gonna sell out to the biggest filmmaker just because you want to be, you want it to be exposed no. and you want it out there. You're not interested in that. No. So um, that's unusual. Yeah. No, but I don't have time for that either. I mean, oh, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I travel so much. Oh, I go to like four countries a year. In 19, uh, in, in 2019, I was in Peru, Lima, oh, that's right. yeah. Andes. That's right. I was in the Atacama Desert in Chile. I was in Italy. I was, uh, uh, I think from Italy, I went to uh, Switzerland. Yes, I did. And, and, I'm, I, I, and then other places I can't even remember. Um, I'm always, I'm going, I live in Boulder, but I think I went to California four times. I went to New Mexico three times. Um, and, and that was my pattern before COVID. Right. Yeah, that has put a stop to a lot of us for being able to do more things. <laughs> yes, and travel. Yeah, and even with COVID, I came to see you in Houston. Yes, I went to great. Mount Shasta. I went to New Mexico. I went to San Francisco, even with COVID. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So you say, why do you travel? It's not a vacation. What it is, is I have to... I'm working on something and I need to talk to the people involved in, or I need to uh, uh, go to the location and look at it. Or in the Shasta idea, I was with the 
uh, Ricardo Gonzalez's uh, group in Shasta who are doing um, a meditation to stop the fires. And Ricardo, who's in Argentina, couldn't leave. So he asked me to go and speak to his people. All in Spanish, it's all in, everything is in Spanish. <laughs> and I, I was present two nights with the meditation uh, in the Shasta forest. And, uh, and Ricardo came in with Zoom and we had a connection with Barcelona. Spain, where he goes every year to Monte Perdido. And at the end of the two hour intention of meditation and so forth, uh, and mantras and, and, and you know, sky watching and all that, there, there, there appeared a UFO in the sky uh, in Barcelona, con you know, concurrently when I'm talking to Ricardo in- Of in course. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the UFO is there and you can hear Ricardo in my voice in the background as, as sure. the people in Barcelona are filming it. And I'm thinking, really, there's no barriers because they're in Barcelona looking at the UFO. They can hear my voice mm -hmm. in Jesus, and Ricardo's in, in Argentina. Oh, what technology is amazing. Yeah, well, what does that tell you? That we can unite sure, all sure. over the world. We can uh, be active. Bring um, all the groups together. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and, and have a, an intention and whatever our thoughts are, somebody's listening. I mean, there's somebody up there listening or- They're watching people. us. <laughs> right, right. They're watching us. <laughs> and your personal experience, when did that happen? <laughs> Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, let's uh, talk well, about that. Here it was, you know, I thought this is ridiculous. All we see is gray aliens, gray, that there were no gray aliens, ever in the UFO mythology before 1960, before Betty and Barney Hill, did right. not exist. <laughs> and in Latin America, it still is very, very rare. Uh, but so I said, what's the story here? What's going on? Is this like a, uh, a universal, uh, you know, kind of thing that's happened since Betty and Barney Hill? Uh, because there are no human type space brothers now. And in the 50s and 60s with Adamski and Howard Menger and right. Orfeo Angelucci and George Van Tassel and all oh, that group, there was, yeah, they were only Space Brothers. And right. I was Space Brothers yeah. because they came off the ships and walked over to these people. Yeah. It's not because they invented them or they channeled them. These, these people, uh, you know, came off the ships and walked over to Van Tassel and God bless them, uh, Shirley Short and Robert Short just passed on. But they're mm. the only ones that I could grab that were still alive to talk to me about the giant rock days. And I couldn't just talk about it. I'd take them back there. I sure. took a whole entourage back there and had them underneath the rock. And we, we filmed UFOs around giant rock when they were there. So and I've got them and I did a whole presentation on the 1950s and 60s because people seem to forget that the uh, beings that are visiting us, mm -hmm. the Pentagon doesn't forget, but people forget, are not all gray aliens. They're also no. people who look like us. And they They're are populations like from could be, could be other planets. Mm -hmm. And in those days they called, they all said they came from Venus. Uh, which we're looking at today, the Venus could support life. This is yes. Now they're saying that <laughs> scientists yeah. are not saying yeah. that. <laughs> I love it. 
oh, <laughs> Venus can't support. Like, there's nothing on Venus. It's too hot for, well, these guys are coming from Venus. So you want to tell me what that's about? Right. Uh, <laughs> you want to tell me why they would lie to you? Science is and, you always know, behind. <laughs> they would come and lie to where they came from. <laughs> like, and even in Italy, we had Eugenio Siracusa who said they came from Venus and he lived on the island of Sicily. So I was able to get all of these contactees information and was able to do presentations about the, this contact in the 50s and 60s. And of course, the message was anti-nuclear and uh, coming together as a species. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that the great nations of the world don't want to hear that. So it's easier to scare everybody to death and have abduction be the main focus. I mean, then everybody's afraid. You know, how many people have come up to me and said, I've been abducted? And I go, you've been contacted. <laughs> That's a whole different perspective of it. Yes. <laughs> I said, you have been contacted because you're standing in front of me. And usually when you abduct a human being, you kill them, you throw their body in the trash can. Right. You're the, they're, they're, they don't come back. <laughs> you don't come back. <laughs> You, you know, if you abduct a child with an Amber Alert, that child is not coming back in their bed. They're not seen in the bed the next day. You know, uh, so the word abduction has such a negative, terrible connotation. It does. That I think it's really, uh, you know, I, I think I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't be part of any of that. So... I remind the person that uh, that there is, because they're speaking to you face to face mm -hmm. and they're here, there must be some reason. I mean, I'm sure it's not to scare you to death and to have you be, you know, That's right. yeah. there, there must be a reason and there could be a possible positive awakening in your life mm -hmm. uh, or positive change. Well, it could be, it could be negative because of the fear, but it's like you were chosen and so, yeah, you want yeah. me to talk about me well okay the thing <laughs> the, yes <laughs> I, I was doing this and then and then i thought well where did these space brothers go like where are they where are these guys and i found out that with sisto paz and and maybe you could say a few words about sisto paz can you say a few words because he is kind of the godfather of the contactees and uh, Lima, Peru, and I have since been to the Chilca Desert. Yes. He had his contact. So could you say two words about Sisto? Oh, Sisto is wonderful. He is uh, international also, like you are, where he has his meditation groups that do contact and have been doing it for years. And Dr. Greer now has come up with that on his app. I love his app, Contact. And, uh, but really, Sexto Paz was the one who started it all way back when. And, so, yeah, yeah. and so many people have gone through his training and then gone on to become independent, like Ricardo. Like Ricardo, like Luis yes. Fernando Mostacio, yeah. like Claudio Vela, like Roberto de la Gala de la Vega, like, like oh my God, there's so many of these guys, Enrique Villanueva. And then um, Sexo was like you. He was also interviewing J.J. Benitez in uh, Mexico and, and talking to a lot of the, the people that have had the experiences in South and Central America. Yeah, well, I want to also add Charlie uh, to Sisto. Uh, Sisto and his brother Charlie, who is now Veronica Poswells because she's transgendered. Sisto and Charlie were the early um, contactees. Yes. And 
um, you know, uh, it, when I talked to Charlie, I had to talk to everybody. So I talked to Sisto and I also, uh, I went to Canada to talk to Charlie, who is now Veronica Poswells. I mean, I made with a friend a 1,300 mile trip to uh, the outside of Toronto so I could sit in front. And people should go on my YouTube because that interview is astronomical. Well, not yeah. just that, but the ones on your Patreon channel and even the ones on your Facebook are amazing what you put on there. And people don't even know about that. So that, yeah, that's part of the reason that I'm doing the YouTube with you is to let them know that they need to keep up with you because you're <laughs> always putting up new information. I can't keep up with you. They need to keep up with you. <laughs> uh, in any case, when I talked to Charlie or uh, Veronica Paz Wells, she mm -hmm. explained to me. She brought a uh, she brought a testimony. What do you call it, a witness uh, of her group? And she mm -hmm. and the witness told me about her contact with Godar in the forest uh, near Avon. And and the, the witness explained how this. It, it happens with the Latin Americans that a canepola or a what they call a drone or a small uh, uh, drone comes first and then the being walks down mm -hmm. the hill and they explained he was seven foot tall and walked over to Veronica Pazwells, who's Charlie. And uh -huh. these beings come from the planet Apu, the, the, the uh, Alpha Centauri system. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, well, you know, I know you did that in the Chilka Desert, but what, what are they doing here in Canada? So, you know, I, I, it, was an, it was an incredible interview for people who wanted to see it. It's on my YouTube channel because what it did was verify Sisto's experiment because that's his brother. Brothers. That's right. right. That's his brother. Mm -hmm. So in those days, I mean, the craft would land and, and the young boys, Sisto yeah, and little Carl, kids. Yeah. would go inside. Sure. <laughs> yeah, in fact, they're telling me that they hit their arm against the wall as they're walking inside because the being's going, come, come over here, come mm -hmm. over here. And, and they're walking, but it's not that easy. It's not like Stephen Gerst situation because these boys or these young men mm -hmm. uh, would, and, and women and women would camp in the Chilka desert in tents. They would fast and oh, they yes. would meditate for three days before they had any kind of contact. I mean, they didn't mm -hmm. just go there and say, you know, can we meet you? And they come down five hours later. They had to wait. Right. They had to wait for three days. Then there would be a mist, some kind of mist, and the craft would land. Absolutely. And, and they would, and and the being in in in, in uh, you know Charlie and uh, told explained to me he you know uh, Veronica mm -hmm. Charlie Veronica would explain to me that that the being would give them permission to come aboard. And and I thought that can't be. But when you have nine or 10 people telling the same story, they're oh, either yes. delusional or they're all delusional, all on drugs, or it's the truth. Or it's and true. I would say, yeah. if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, <laughs> what you, where do you want to go? That's it's right. That's so, right. So uh, when I talked to uh, Ricardo Gonzalez, and I'm getting to my contact, uh, he said, um, you know, Paula, that's true. I've had meetings with Antarao in my 24 years, eight times. Mm -hmm. And I, eight times in 24 years is not a lot of times, but it yeah. is eight times. And when he was uh, in Mongolia, he sent me a, a, a text saying, 
you know, Antara wants to meet you. And I thought that's ridiculous. You know, I'm just doing the story. I, 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 this is publicity. But what ended up happening, they convinced me to go to Shasta. They convinced me, and it was hard to camp and freeze to death. Camp out there and freeze, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I mean, uh, oh, my Lord. I can't even tell you how cold it is. I, I, I was in a one-man tent. I couldn't wait till it was over. The last night, I was bundled up in a quilt. And I kept saying, when is this going to be over? Um, there's but, no pizza, uh, there's no uh, Starbucks, there's nothing out there. Just forest, just forest. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and the Milky Way. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so what happened was that um, Ricardo told me that I had to go down with five women, one, two, three, four, three, four women. I was the fifth, but he couldn't come with me that Antaral was standing there and, you know, in the forest that his people had seen him standing mm -hmm. there. He's 10 foot tall. He's a giant type person. And I didn't believe any of it, but I went and I held the hand of Mercedes walking down that hill. I'll never in forget. In the dark. It, it was 11 o'clock. We weren't allowed to use flashlights. So I right. had to get- In the dark. <laughs> in the dark. I had to get my eyes used to everything. And I went down to where the log was and, and I, my eyes got used to it. I mean, I, I could see a 10 foot tall man standing against a tree there. I, I can even show you what tree it is that he was standing against. And I was very confused because I didn't know what, what the protocol was, what he's supposed to do, say hi, how You don't know what to do. I mean- to, uh, just, Yeah, what to expect, what, yeah, what, sure. what to do, what do you do? So I think I bowed my head and said, I respect you, Antonelle. I, 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 you know, just, I knew it was him. Mm -hmm. He was dressed in a, in a kind of a, um, uh, you know, a gym suit, he had a hoodie on. Uh, and, and, and it was like, it was like a gym suit and then pants and then boots, but I'm not even sure his feet were touching the ground. Was it silverish uh, or was it just no, blue, uh, navy blue. blue, like my, my, like my jacket. Oh, okay. Blue, this blue. Uh, I, he almost blended in with the dark. I mean, it was blue yeah. and I saw his long face, but most of all, he talked constantly. So, and it wasn't in my head. In fact, I looked around because it sounded like that bullhorn. He was yelling through a bullhorn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I looked around and, and I come to find out that I'm the only one that heard him talk. Sure, which is because crazy. it was meant for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, but it was outside my head. It wasn't in my head. So I'm right. so confused. Uh, <laughs> so he basically just was talking in this language that I didn't understand. And then at the very end of about three minutes, he, uh, he said in, in perfect English, thank you. It was very robotic. It was mm -hmm. like, he was, he's not a robot, but it sounded that way. Right. Um, and then he, when he said, thank you, he turned around really quick, really quick, one big, and he walked back. And I could see him walking back. So he didn't disappear. He walked mm. back. And who was in front of me, who signed more clearly, because I was like 500 feet away, but these people were like 200 feet, is uh, Ricardo's wife, Sol, and my interpreter, Corina, from Italy. Sol uh, wanted to go hug him. She had her hands out, and she had a white... Um, she had a white parka or a white jacket, you know, one of those uh, down jackets. And I could uh -huh. guess her. And she was walking towards him. And my first thought were, no, 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 no. And I heard Ricardo <laughs> from the hill yell, don't touch him, soul. So he was solid because mm -hmm. she, was, she stopped. I mean, you can't just. No. no. In, in, 
touch something that you don't know. And, and I'm not being disrespectful, but you can't go touch something that you don't know what it is. Well, not just that, but you also have radiation that's right. that's around them, certain frequencies and energy. So no, that would not be correct to do, no. No, but she just, you know, it, she had been with Ricardo for many years and never and seen- It's just the love that draws her. love thing. <laughs> yes, no, I understand that part. Yeah, definitely. She was walking, she had a white, I, I was going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I I uh, I was just confused. People say, "How did you feel?" Totally confused. Um, it was such a, a turnover of reality that I really suffered PTSD for sure, sure. a year. It, but it, not because it was anything wrong. It's just it's like when you in the middle of the night you get up to go to the bathroom, you look in your living room, and there's a ghost standing there. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you react? Mm -hmm. Well, it changes I mean, I, your I, I react. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> changes your paradigm of things that they've told you since childhood. That's not true. It doesn't exist. Uh, you know that changes everything, and then you start questioning all the things that you were told before, because Absolutely. you can't deny what you, you see and what yeah. you feel. And once yeah. that happens, definitely your life changes. Whether well, it's paranormal or it's UFO, it's still the same effect. Yeah, definitely. Well, for you, um, it, it's natural because you're already there mentally. But for somebody like well, for me, me now, it is. But at the beginning, I mean, when I was a child, I mean, my brother and I would get very scared. And of course, coming from Catholic background, as you well know, the what thing they tell you is to pray. And so yeah. we would pray, but it didn't I, change anything. <laughs> that's not my first thought. But my first thought is, what am I looking at? Oh. Am, I, well, am I here? Am I really physically here? Because I can see that yeah. and I can see through that, whatever that is. I can see through it if I, it was a ghost. Right. And what is that? Yeah. You know, that's another dimension so and definitely another dimension yeah and i had a second sighting of antarel with ricardo the following year and oh, there were wow. three of them three of them yeah and i could see through them i saw the trees through them and i saw his beautiful blonde white hair mm. uh flying in the breeze beautiful man but he wasn't happy with me because i freaked out and, and ricardo <laughs> couldn't calm me down so you know, I kept, I kept going. I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I mean, they expected you to be already accepting of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, they were trying to give me some a message right. because they couldn't give it to me. I guess the year before because all I, I didn't understand anything. So when that wasn't successful and they turned around, it, it was a hologram. So I'm, oh. I'm telling you, it was a hologram. And they came down. In fact, there were eight people present that saw the tube come down from the sky. They saw it. So they know that that was a hologram. I mean, they can shoot down a hologram and you can oh, easily. Uh, you know, see right through them. I kept saying to Ricardo, I could see right through them. I can see the trees. I know they're going in and out of the trees. Um, but what happened there, and I think I should tell your audience this, was they couldn't get to me because I was not very good. I freaked out. I couldn't relax. I, you know, I was sweating. I, it couldn't. I couldn't deal with that. Uh, that when I went to sleep that night in Reno, I was awakened every hour on the hour as if an alarm clock went off with one phrase. 
if you will lead, we will match your efforts. So I tell everybody that interviews me, they don't mean Paula, if you will lead, they mean you, Christy, and anybody who listens to this message, if you, humanity will get itself back together and lead, we'll help you. Right. We'll match your efforts. Right. Matching your efforts means if you take one step, we'll take two. Right, right. <laughs> and that, that is the message is very important. I think that a lot of people do not understand because I have so many people say, well, why don't they just land and talk to us? And I go, they're not going to do that. <laughs> Number one, people need to be prepared. They need to do the cleansing process of not only detoxing their body, but also being able to do the meditations that are for that reason is to prepare people to be able to make the contact. And to, that elevates the frequency of the consciousness to be able to bring it open so that the contact can happen. Oh yeah, and, and, uh, and, and it isn't a sideshow. I no, mean, not no, a sideshow. This not. is like, uh, we know who you are. We're all in the same boat. We were, you know, we were in your society once. Yeah. We, They've gone through we the same us. thing. Yeah. <laughs> And that's part of the reason that we have all the UFO flotillas above certain cities is because they're watching us to see, are we going to be able to pull this off and get it together? Are there enough people that are awakened? Are there enough people doing the meditations? We know South and Central America and a lot of Europe is with it, but the United States is behind Also, I think they want to get our attention and I, I, I would like to... Uh to tell your viewers, if you are contacted, it should not be about you. It should right. be about the message and it should be about leaving a contribution. Mm -hmm. If you're contacted, you should not be in the stage, a big movie star, oh, I've been, I'm special. No, I definitely am not. Uh, and I don't talk about it very much because it's a very private uh, right. kind of thing that happened to me. I mean, we're talking about- Well, that's about why I appreciate that you're talking about it for the people, you know, through the YouTube, because a lot of people, you know, they don't know what to expect. And a lot of people do have fear and there's a panic and there's a lot of things that they go through. And a lot of people are going through a lot of physical uh, things, let's say physical things that are left over from the contact. It's the best well, way. Well, yeah, because it's just, again, it's just like seeing a ghost. I mean, what are you going to walk away with that? That is so scary. That's it's 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 terrifying. I don't know what yes, to say. Yes, it is. It's terrifying. It is. And it was and, for me and my brother when we were little. You know, we were very scared of it. And as we grew up, we got used to it. That it was always around. But until we learned how to be able to control, communicate, and I get downloads from extraterrestrials, but I don't know which ones they are, from which planet. Yeah, no, me, me. <laughs> that's not the first thing I ask where you come from because they'll say, well, wherever we come from, you wouldn't know anyway, because you don't use the same names. Right, the maps. Yeah, I know, <laughs> we, don't have a common, we don't have a common ground. Uh, yeah. what they well, I don't ask that at all. I just <laughs> wait for them to give me the message. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's about. I think that, and, and you and I can talk about this. I think it's about consciousness. Yes. And consciousness rules uh, the, the universe. And if you can tap into it, like you take a plug and tap into the consciousness, then it'll help you become a more uh, elevated uh, soul. Uh, because as we know, there is no death. So if, if you yeah. don't grow up here, I don't know where you want to grow up. 
Yeah, this so, is the place for lessons to be learned. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's go to graduate school here. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had, we've been through, you know, elementary and, you know, high school and so forth. I'm ready, and 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 that's one of my faults. Is you know, I I would rather be with a bunch of people speaking in graduate school terms. I don't want to go backwards, uh, to see what contribution we can leave. Mm -hmm. um, and I keep saying that because sure. it's about that. In, yeah. in a, you know, somebody said to me, um, "Well, maybe we could use like beautiful words and inspire." I said, "No, no, live a beautiful <laughs> life. You have to yes. model it." Yeah. You have to model it. You can't walk your talk. Walk your talk. <laughs> yeah, your talk. Walk your talk. And because then people say what they'll they'll say, well, you know, that's inspiration. Not not that we preach, because if we preach and we have these messages, you know, yeah. it's, it's no different from religion. Right. I mean, right. what's the difference? You have somebody yeah. preaching on the pulpit, not trying to create a cult or anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I had somebody I mean this was <laughs> this is funny I, I will share a story with you I was asked to speak in Roswell and I did a great job and the people that were um sponsoring it were NASA engineers believe it or not and then I was trying to leave because I did my job I talked about Colonel Corson and they said no you have to get on a panel about the devil and I said <laughs> what <laughs> and they said what? Wouldn't you rather believe in Jesus Christ than the aliens? I said, I don't believe in the aliens. <laughs> and I love Jesus. I love everything he did and everything he stood sure. for. And they go, well, this is the work of the devil. You have to be on the panel with it about talk about the devil. I said, but I don't know the devil. <laughs> I don't know anything about the devil. Yeah, and I then, that one. <laughs> and they said, I said, why would you give the devil a stage? Why would uh -huh. you give the devil exactly. airtime? Airtime. And, but they said, I'm sorry, but we invited you and you have to be on that panel. And Richard Dolan was on that panel. Oh my goodness. And Peter Robbins was on that panel. And Peter Robbins was really mad. I mean, he really, he was really good. He was mad. And, and I'm just sat there with my hands folded saying, I don't know anything about the devil. You know, I'm not going to give the devil airtime here. Right, what exactly. Is this about? And it came out of this group, and I'm not going to mention names. Right. Was the conference because whether you know it or not, Roswell is filled with the idea of it, it's very Christian that that whatever's visiting is demons, and and that's oh, yeah. ridiculous. There are demons. I believe that. I work with. Oh, I, I've seen them dealt with them. Yes, I believe yeah. that. But now yeah. I don't believe that all They're the extraterrestrials. <laughs> man, all the extraterrestrials are all demons. No. No, they're not alien. Okay, they're a demon. I, I used to work with Monsignor Balducci of the Vatican. He was a demonologist. He wrote the book. There you um, go. I think he wrote the book. I, I forgot what the name of it was. I think it's called The Devil. Um, but he used to say the devil doesn't need UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> and we're still talking about parallel dimensions. Because with the demons, they do work with parallel dimensions, like the aliens do. And so that's the reason that I say it's very hard to separate ufology from paranormal, because they right. do interreact. Uh, the frequencies, the energies, I mean, they do well, interreact. You use the word frequency. Yes. A very more important if you have that kind of negative frequency, you're going to invite them into your home. 
Exactly. <laughs> yes. If you if they can frequency bond with you and you have that kind of frequency, which is not a nice one. Not a good then, one. No, it's not very nice. You're going to have them there. If you don't have that frequency, you don't need it, need to worry. No. You, uh, and by the way, fear is a frequency. Yes. Fear is a frequency. Fear sows depression. Anybody that gets depressed or wants to lose their life in that way, uh, commit suicide or something, you know, those are negative things that will attract the negative. It will attract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the people that know me know that I'm an eternal child. You know, I'm, I love Cher. I've got Santa Claus in the background there. I love <laughs> movies. I love. Oh, you're so much fun. I loved having you here. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next trip because you're just so much fun. <laughs> we went to Rice University. Tell them about Rice University. Well, uh, I had a situation here in Boulder, Colorado. I told you the Condon Committee report, but I know the chancellor. He was my professor, Milda Stefano, and I went to him and I said, I have all these X files. You see all my uh, cabinets behind those are all files of, of my research behind me. And I said, can I leave it to the University of Colorado? And he said, sure, Paul, I, you know, we really admire your work. But when he went to make the request at the library and they said, no, we don't want her work here and we don't deal with UFOs. So that is what unbelievable. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what to do because all this, this sure. research, both sides have files. I don't know if you see the other side. Yep, I see the um, other side. I have, uh, um, I have eight cabinets full of files, some, some 3,000 cases. Oh, so and so when I met Jacques Vallée, uh, Jacques said, let me, let me fix this. So he picked up a phone and called Rice where his material and Whitley Strieber's material is going. And he said, you're going to take Paula Harris's research, and aren't you? And they said, oh, we know about her already. In fact, James Kripal, who, who is down there, had already reached out to me years ago. I didn't realize that. He's the head of the religious studies department at Rice. And... Uh, one of the reasons I came to visit you is I wanted to see where my where my research was going to land it, and it was gorgeous. And it, it was beautiful. <laughs> and they've added more buildings, and it's huge. It's almost like a little city within a city. But it's the de the decor and the architecture was beautiful. It was beautiful. They even had cypress trees the way they have in Italy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and even though there was COVID, like I said, we're going to go in there and, uh, <laughs> and we can drive through, even though we can't go in the buildings. We, <laughs> but we, we, we drove through and, and, uh, and, and I went with you and, yeah. and, and I love you dearly. So thank you for taking me through. <laughs> no, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Research will land. And that's thanks to Jacques. Uh, and, uh, you know, so. I mean, I thank you for this interview. The people that are interested in the real study, I mean, the university kind of study, right. because you have, this is all real. Mm -hmm. uh, and all, all the, the foot research, the boots on the ground, the field research I've done can go to my Patreon channel because I've interviewed, uh, oh God, Michelle Zerger from Tokyo. You've got uh, wonderful interviews. Bayata from Italy. Um, all the people, you know, people wonder about the alien autopsy. Well, Maurizio and I were involved with mm -hmm. when that came out because I was in Italy. I mean, all these interviews I've done, even on the nine, you know, the Council of Nine, J.J. Hurtak and the Key, Keys of Enoch, he talks Keys about of Enoch, the nine. Yes. Yeah. 
and I did uh, the Gellers who did the, uh, who were involved with Erie. Uh, Stephen Geller is a professor and he talked about the nine in the years of, uh, of the nine, you know, with Phyllis Schlemmer and Andrea Polharich and everything. I've done like serious research, but I knew the personages, like I'm right. friends with Uri and I was friends with Phyllis Schlemmer and I knew all these people. And so the, what you're getting in the videos is I'm all of my research that would be in here talking to the regular people, the real people and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Sisto and also Sisto, we did Sisto with you. Yeah, right? we did Sisto. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, if, if you want to know the story and you don't want to read a book, go to my Patreon channel that has all of the uh, DVD, it has all the DVDs that I uploaded, but also all the Patreon. Um, but Zoom I think videos. it was very good. The list of books that you put, was that on your YouTube channel or was it on the Patreon? I don't remember. No, it's on Patreon too. It's on Patreon? Yeah. But the yeah. list of books was really good because if somebody was interested in ufology, that's a great place to start because you're giving all the names of the books on that list that are yeah. foundation books. I would call them that foundation books. They are foundation books, and they're usually by the the, the author uh -huh. themselves. It's not about the author, you know, somebody who knew him. Somebody like, else's interpretation, yeah. right? Yeah, that's very important too, because when, as we know, with the interpretations, that's where they get lost, or they go into a whole different thing that the person that actually experienced it never said. Yeah. It, Actually, there's so much disinformation there. I mean, it's funny because I just did an interview out of Sicily with an Italian researcher and he's talking to me and he's telling me, and this is happening now and this, I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is all disinformation, <laughs> Salvatore, no. <laughs> he said, oh, and this happened in the Pentagon and this is going on here. No, no, no. He said, no. where'd you hear that? <laughs> no. He says, well, we don't hear what's going on. Right. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna just say it to you one time. UFOs are not on vacation. They're going to be over hot spots. There's some, um, in the Mediterranean, there's some exotic um, uh, research going on with uh, microwave weapons. Uh -huh. uh, and if you find them near Sicily or Sardinia or in the Mediterranean, they're watching these testing of these weapons that are more lethal than you can even imagine because we're totally insane on this planet. Yes. And uh, so, they're not going to, you know, abduct people or anything. They're over these cities watching the testing of these weapons. Mm -hmm. The way they were in New Mexico during the atomic bomb That's right. uh, time of 1945 and 47. Mm -hmm. and, and they weren't on vacation then either. And what happened is to get your attention, humanities, they allowed a few to fall and crash. So when they allow a few to fall and crash in New Mexico, they're giving you a gift by, you know, we get the technology, which we don't know what to do with anyway, right. but we also get, it's a, it's attention and yeah. saying, Hey, you know, what did you guys just do? We're, they're going, what are they doing here? You know, over Roswell, over, you know, Aztec, yeah. Corona, the Plains of Cynic. Well, they're not on vacation or they would be in the, in the Bahamas. 
<laughs> you know, that's right. Uh, it, it, whatever is happening on the planet. Well, I think the, the concept, our concept of, of, of our audience and things like that, uh, and people that are in the UFO thing is they're only thinking about our planet. They don't think about how if we did something in this planet to nuclear really out of out of uh, uh, just out of whack, it could it would change the frequency vibration of this planet and of the universe because they're all connected. And I think that's what people forget. There is a connection. There's a connection there. And they don't want to have that disturbed, you know, by somebody that's silly trying to kill off another country and just because again they got mad and so let's blow them up. Yeah, right. But what are you doing to the atmosphere of the planet? And what are you doing to the frequency of the planet that's going to affect and influence all the other planets in the universe and beyond? We don't even know how much further it goes out than that. Correct, Paula? You said such wise words, I think we should just stop here. <laughs> you just capsulized the whole thing. You well, just- My, my concept it. about all this is it goes way, way out. <laughs> well, Christy, that's it. That's the bottom line. What you just, what came out of your mouth is bottom line. That They have a stake in it. <laughs> yes, they do, they do. So what are the most recent cases that you're working on right now? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, my friend Massimo Frattini put on Facebook, and you can look at my Facebook, I'll only put real stuff there, that there was a sighting over Rome. And the day after, there were some flotilla, <clears throat> like they were in Mexico. So I pick up a phone. Well, naturally, I'm going to do that. And I said, ciao, Massimo. What the heck is going on in Rome? And he said, I said, do you know where that film came from? I have to ask that because a lot, there's sure. a lot of people at home creating these stupid videos with UFOs and it's CGI. And he said, no. He said, uh, 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 the husband of a woman in our group, and he has a group in Rome, is a skeptic. So he was working on his computer because of COVID and he went to the window to take down the shade and he saw the UFO and he took his phone and he uh, filmed two seconds. And then he said the lights went out in his house. And then his phone went dead. And then all at once the lights come back on. His phone comes back on and he films another two seconds. And the picture and that, is so close and so clear. Yeah, I know. Oh well, my God. This is what needs to be done though. Like what I did, I picked up the phone and said, Massimo, sure. do you know who did this? And but, but I was all excited because, yeah, he just didn't film it. The idea that all the lights, like if I'm talking to you and all the lights around me go off, right. I mean, that's a message. Yes, that's a definitely. message. Yeah. That's, hey, we're here. You better, you better publicize this. Pay attention. <laughs> you better pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. So the only way I could know that, Christy, is picking up a phone and talking to Massimo. Sure. Otherwise, everybody's going, that's a fake. They glued it on. That's CGI. No, that's not how I work. I got to call them and say, where did that come from? Sure. And then he told me that a lot of other people saw that craft. And then the next day, there was a heavy military presence in Rome, heavy. Of they thought it was because of COVID. So they said, oh, yeah, and we saw these soldiers. You know, and, and then there was the flotilla. Uh -huh. So the flotilla and, and people that saw it on my Facebook, I don't know if you could pull it off again. 
um, because you see the UFO come out of the clouds. I mean, it's a silver disc. It's so clear. It very clear. I don't, for every real one like that, there's fake ones. Oh, yes. Yes, that's true. That's the, un the unfortunate part. <laughs> yeah, there's all the fake ones. <laughs> there's all the fake ones. But, you know, because it was my home city and because... You, you know, know the people you know, there and everything. I, I picked up a phone and called, but you know I will do that. I mean, if I I wish I spoke Spanish, I could do that in Latin America. I mean, there's people filming incredible things. Well, your Spanish isn't that bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can I, understand I, some Italian, a little bit of Italian. <laughs> uh, but. I, I'm convinced that, uh, but I'm the only one who does the picking up of the phone and checking it. You know, everybody right. else just says, oh. I like that you always go to the roots of it and you want to know everything down to the last detail. And I think that shows with your interviews and your research that you do. And how many books do you have out now? <laughs> I have five books. Um, five books? See? Oh my God. I gotta remember connecting the dots making sense of ufo phenomenon has john mack uh alan hynek monsignor balducci uh it has all those guys uri geller it has those guys in there then yeah. i have a stargate stargate exopolitics stargate to a new reality and then i have oh my goodness all the above and beyond by itself and then i have um uh all the above and beyond uh, I think it's Exopolitics, All the Above and Beyond. And that one has the Latin American interviews in it. And then uh, Conversations with Colonel Corso, which is my latest, one of my latest books, which is word for word what Corso told me. And Corso, he, he had contact. I mean, he's not crazy. Yeah, he was a, he sure uh, basically a colonel. He was at White Sands, Missile Range. He had contact with an extraterrestrial. And the words that that ET said to him, a new world if you could take it, are the last words in Stephen Greer's movie. And I highly recommend Stephen Greer's movie. It's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, and at the very end, he goes, a new world if you could take it. Those are the words that the ET said to Colonel Corso. Now you gotta understand, it took a long time for me to even believe his contact, because he's a colonel. And he mm -hmm. was head of intelligence, the CIC. So when he's giving me this interview, I think he's crazy. I don't print it. I don't print it until he dies. When he <laughs> dies, I had the. I was worried what people would think of him. Uh, I realized that I need to get more courage because he really had contact, and yeah. that was really. He really wanted him. it out there. Yes. Yeah, and it's true, and it's the truth. Yeah. And as weird as it sounds, it's the truth. So I'm going to recommend The Phenomena by James Fox. Uh, that has Jacques Vallée in it and has uh, the Rwanda case, John Max case and the Westfall case where the UFO came down and appeared with the beings to 200 kids. Right, to the you kids. Know, yeah. that, they weren't on vacation then either. So no, they weren't like, on vacation then either. <laughs> And we're going to talk to the kids. The adults are totally stupid. So we're going to go to, to Rwanda, Africa. They didn't come to New York City, okay? They went to right. Rwanda <laughs> and they went to, and they went to uh, Westall in, uh, in, uh, in Australia, in Australia. And he gave me credit for that because I introduced uh, him to the Australian researcher that did that. So my name appears both in the phenomena and in 
uh, uh, Stephen Greer's film, uh, Close Encounters of Close Encounters of Fifth Kind. Good, I'm glad they mentioned you in both of those. Yeah, but they don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Too funny. Oh, Paula, you are such a delight and you've done so much. You really have. People, when they start looking at your Patreon and your YouTube channel, they're going to find so much information. Oh, my God. Well, I could use the Patreon support because it's only like $9 a month, but people need to understand that all the research, everything I did, all the countries I went to and everything is out of my own Out of your pocket. (laughs) I know. Nobody has come and said, I'm going to give you a grant to study UFOs. They have done that with my colleagues, all of them. Yeah got funded you know all of them that from somewhere uh but um no but i haven't done it my i think one of the worries that i had is uh, you know i don't want to be bought for by you know that i want to be free but the consequence of that is that hundreds and thousands of dollars have gone out in this research so sure. you know the only i there's no way that it's books don't pay anything people aren't even reading so I, I, I instituted the Patreon channel, which, you know, I, I will have chats with people like once a month, as soon as I settle down, uh, I will do it and, and, you know, it will be okay. Um, so that I can have one-on-one with people and I will do that. I mean, right now I'm on my way to Arizona to the premiere of <laughs> Stephen <Yay>! Gross movie. Demi <laughs> Lovato is there, so she- Waiting for you. Yeah, she, she saw my videos on YouTube and she called me and I had a three hour to, uh, talk with Demi Lovato and yeah. she asked me all kinds of questions. And I, what I did is what I always do as a teacher, I packed up the best books and sent them to her and she's reading them and she right. will be on the red carpet in, in, in Arizona. And then I, I think I will be going to California and then where else am I going? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, so I, I will stay home long enough to have a chat on Patreon with the Patreon people. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) And as you see, you are not sick from the coronavirus, even though you've done all these trips. But I wear masks. Okay. Everywhere. everywhere. You're going to continue being well. Yeah, but I, I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm wearing a mask and I'm, I'm using hand sanitizer and I do not hug people. Right. So I think we can get through this uh, being extremely careful and respectful careful. of other people. I do. Right. Yeah. And what is your, uh, what's your suggestion about people that want to get into a higher level of consciousness? What would you say is the shortest path that they can use to get there? To talk to Christy Rules. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or do the meditation, right? <laughs> From six yeah, to five. Well, you need a teacher. <laughs> you, need, you need somebody to, to guide you, and you yes. do that. So you have a group. I don't know why they don't join the group. Uh, <laughs> you know, you go to the master teacher, you don't go to somebody off the street. So you go to the teacher. That's my recommendation. Go to you. Um, I'm very bad in that I don't meditate and I should. Uh, I don't spend the time to do what I preach a lot of times. I'm 
I think it's but I you're just, so busy. It's very I'm hard busy. for you. I know it's 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 being busy and you know even with COVID, I've got so much going on. I can't you keep do. track of it all. Um, but go to you. You can give them a suggestion because you already are at that point. You're there. Thank so, you. Yeah. So yeah. So people. And your article about Jack was very good that you wrote. Oh, Jack, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, my office in Rome said, Paula, what happened to you? We don't have any articles, you know. Uh, the magazine, you need to see the magazine. Yeah, you have a picture of it somewhere? Yes, I have the actual magazines uh, here. Somewhere. Uh, okay, here's, here's a magazine. That You're I like me, we have so much stuff. I love this. This is oh wow beautiful <laughs> uh you know it's it's a slick magazine only it's called x times you know it's got U ufos and i write uh for uh it is beautiful it's yeah, it is beautiful the canadian connection with paul hellier uh and it's still going the the magazine with even with covid is still here here's here's a beautiful picture did I write this article? Yes, I wrote this article. <laughs> That's your own article. <laughs> and it's on John Mack. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I took that picture of him. Beautiful. Because I do all my own photography. And You're that, very that good picture, at taking pictures. Very good that, at taking pictures. That picture was taken for you people that have been to Florence uh, on Ponte Vecchio there, you know, yeah. going across the, the bridge where the, all the, the, the stands are. And he was standing against right uh, a, a wooden door and I said John stand there and he he did and I took <laughs> some pictures um and so they they said Paula you know we need an article so I did an article on Jacques Vallée and basically it it says because Jacques Vallée told me that uh his view is that the uh, disclosure is the second part of the cover-up uh -huh. Uh, so you have to think about that phrase. So I said, you said that. So you better tell me uh, and the people what you're talking about. So he was talking about secrecy and the government and anything that's coming out now has an agenda. And that if it looks like disclosure may not be, it may be just part of a distraction. Right. So the interview is really, really good. And it gives a personal view of him because uh, in his uh, research, he's, he's a scientist, you know, he's an astrophysicist. He's a He's a, he has his uh, degree in artificial intelligence and is venture capitalist and, and has worked in Silicon Valley, all this stuff. But in his, he's 81, so in his view, uh, he basically believes uh, that this is multidimensional, which you and I've had a talk about the multidimensionalness of this, uh, that it's much more complex than we imagine, that Definitely. probably the government does not have all the answers and people that are looking at what's coming out, you know, with all, uh, you know, TTSA and all the films and movies is the ultimate disclosure. But that may be, uh, and in my view, it is uh, the card that Werner von Braun was talking about to gain money or funds for exotic weapons to shoot UFOs out of the sky, which we could never do anyway. Right. But <laughs> and so, I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, it's like, and but if you if your economy is run on uh, war or weapons or creating exotic weapons, you need somebody to fight. Right. And, <laughs> and then there's nobody left. 
So like Werner von Braun and, and my good friend, Carol Rosen, and you should interview her. You should really interview <laughs> Carol Rosen, uh, says that the last card would be the extraterrestrial invasion card. I mean, I don't know why they would invade now. Why, why right, 2020? Really after all this time. <laughs> it's like, and they've been here before, so it would have been an invasion. <laughs> we'd be yeah, just sitting again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it's convincing the world that UFOs are real because it's military footage, then there's an agenda behind it. So, you know, uh, with Jacques, he was able to say some very important things. And one of them was that this is really uh, uh, to be careful because there's a lot of misinformation out there and disinformation okay. out there. And to get, a, he calls it a sanity check. <laughs> you know, you got to sanity you know, make sure you're sane. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's a very personal picture in that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he loves American, uh, he lives in San Francisco, he loves American uh, society and, 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 and he's still at it. I mean, he's still very curious and, um, we're lucky to have him here instead of in France. Well, <laughs> he, he, he loves Silicon Valley. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> he loves being part of the internet and he loves being part of, that's not just the internet. He's a technology person, mm -hmm. um, but he's still into UFOs. And, and his phrase, which was the phrase he gave me, the be careful of disclosure. It's the second part of the cover up is something everybody that thinks disclosure is going to happen should think about. Yeah, definitely. So and that's only in Italy. So that article has not come out in the United States. There is no magazine. There is no nothing. Uh, Isn't that you horrible? Know, <laughs> I know, you know, where would you put it? I mean, I, I write for magazines. I write for paper. Yeah. I write for newspapers, magazines, Real, the old stuff, yeah. the old kind the old of stuff, stuff that we yeah. love to hold on to. Yeah, yes. the stuff that you can see that you could feel you could in your house. You know? I love those. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, of course, I had a bookstore for 14 years, so I love books and magazines yeah. and newspapers. You know, I still read my daily newspaper and it's so awkward because nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. I know. Well, anyway, that's an Italian article. It's on Italian media. And uh, I guess, you know, I, I want to keep my hand into the international. Oh, definitely. Sure. I, I have to, because basically I think I'm more well-known internationally. Oh, than, definitely. You're very than well I even am here. So. But we're going to change that. We're going to have Are you we? <laughs> well-known here in the U.S. <laughs> People know the secret life of Paula Harris. <laughs> No, no, that has too many connotations. <laughs> There's no secret life. I'm a workaholic. Look at this house, for God's sake. It is a secret life. Your secret life is uh, having uh, all these uh, travel trips and, you know, all the people that you interview. Look at all the people that you connect. You have connected me to so many wonderful people. And I yeah. appreciate that so much. They're wonderful people. Wonderful people with uh, very interesting backgrounds, you know. Very, very well you know that's i want to be the bridge to the information world and it's you not definitely are. like i tell everybody ufology is not an american thing no. <laughs> you have Your first are bubble. <laughs> it's global uh, i just talked to and i'm going to make a plug for him or or is his book i don't know where it is um a book came out from rendlesham to redemption is steve laplume oh. 
who you know who had the sighting in January, late January, yes. and he was uh, you know a security person at Rendlesham Forest, and uh, in and you know we were. I heard the show last night with Jimmy Church. Oh yeah, yeah a Jimmy Church. was very good because it's news. I mean, it's news. Very it's good. never been told yeah. before. It's it's uh, and you I know, like the way he told it. He was very very uh condescending very real when he told the story yeah well he told the truth i mean yeah. he's he's almost in his 60s now and he was 18 year old kid um and he um and and the phenomenon is global and we were talking about that you know that that we need to be clear about what's happening and what happened in in woodbridge um uh, and uh, Rendlesham, you know, the Bentwaters. It's, it was the Bentwaters American, you know, leased base, but whatever was there was not on vacation. They had no, nu nuclear, <laughs> they had nukes in 1980, and there was, and, and, and the treaty was that there weren't supposed to be nukes <laughs> on the base. So, Secret. you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know, there's nuclear missiles. I think they, they did it because it's, it was the Cold War, and it—it's better to have them closer to Russia than have them right. here, going across the ocean. So they had them there, and nobody knew. But the UFO said, "They know. They care about. <laughs> they know. Well, we'll go there and do a big thing and shine a light on the storage area and cause a big problem and scramble everybody's brains. <laughs> we're gonna—we're gonna tell them that you guys are, you know, playing with fire here, you know, because." Uh, I just, in my research, you know, even in the Stephenville case, if people know Stephenville, Texas, I went down to research that case with Steve Allen, and I said, well, why the heck did you see this huge UFO? And he goes, well, there's a nuclear reactor down the street. And I said, mm -hmm. kidding. And he goes, yeah, it's right there. It's one of the only ones. And I'm saying, well, it's not on vacation then. It was right there, right? It Can was you think of how many times they've yes. saved us already? And we are not even aware of it. They have saved us so many times. Well, they could have interacted with the, I know at Chernobyl, they sucked up a lot of the radiation yeah. because there's photos that we had in Europe of a UFO over, over the Chernobyl situation. But, but and, and there's Robert Hastings who has an amazing film on that. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, when people, it, it's not about just abductions and, you know. No, it's not. They've got to get off of this. And this is one of the reasons I don't like the mainstream ufology stuff. It's because also that it's an international platform. Oh, I know what Steve told me. He told me that when he was in China, that they had shut down the Beijing air airport. And I had known, I knew that several mm -hmm. times because of UFOs sitting over the airport. You know, oh yes, and you know, and and they weren't and they weren't pulling any push punches. In the Chinese newspapers, they said a UFO is near the airport, and that's why they shut the airport down. In Germany, they did the same thing in two thousand and nine over over um, uh, uh, the airport there, and and so you know, and then we had the Chicago case. Yes. There. So I mean, people, come on. Somebody do some research here, you know. Yeah, just uh, yeah, well, a lot of those are now on YouTube that people are now talking about that or have finally done a YouTube on it. So people are now, oh, really? When did that happen? 
the Chicago was over the United Airlines terminal. I went yeah. there, C8 or something. I went there, I stood there and was looking out the window to see what in the world were they know, looking at outside that window. And evidently there was some military stuff going on at, at that time that mm. some of these airports have underground facilities. And uh, Denver? I'm, I'm, looking Denver well don't even go into Denver Denver. <laughs> Denver. don't talk about Denver so I'm going O'Hare you know right. what is you know they're going well maybe it's our stuff no our stuff oh. our UFOs the ones we create are not going to go over a hair no <laughs> they're not going there so that would be the stupidest thing they could do to cause all that controversy so uh, is the field interesting? Yes. Is there a lot of research still to do? Yes. Oh, is yes. it global? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't think of anything more I could ask you at this moment uh, other than the ultimate message for the world. What do you think is the ultimate message for the world? Well, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> L-O-V-E, <laughs> love. <laughs> All we need is love. All we need is love. All we need is love. Unify and, and have love. Imagine, imagine. Uh, yeah. Okay, imagine there, yeah. John Lennon. Imagine all the people. Song. That's yeah. my ultimate message, imagine. Yeah. imagine. Imagine what we could create. What we could do, yeah. Imagine, because it, you have to imagine it first. Yes have to imagine it first and then the intention and put the frequency the energy in it <laughs> right. Brava. You, you said it listen yes. to christy put the frequency in <laughs> paula it's a joy i don't want to take up more of your time because i know you have so many things to do and i will send you the link Thank you. Thank you for this interview. Well, thank and you for, for sharing all your thoughts and your information and letting more people know who the real Paula Harris is. <laughs> I, like that, I like that better than the secret life of Paula Harris. Right. <laughs> the real Paula Harris. Okay. We'll change the title. We'll make it the real Paula Harris. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking for the right title for you. Okay. <laughs> All right, you take care. All right, you have a wonderful, blessed day. I love you. I love and you too. We'll take still care. keep in touch with our ET friends. <laughs> yeah, and everybody have patience. We'll we'll get over this. We'll we'll it'll be a new world. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. You have been listening to Cosmic Portal. Thank you for listening. And please go to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I, Ruiz, R-U-I-Z, so that you might participate and help support your Cosmic Portal. Thank you. Goodbye.